This is E2B, Energy to Business, a podcast by Opportune, where we bring you in-house expertise that serves all energy sectors. We examine emerging financial and technology trends and provide a broad perspective on ways to stay ahead, create opportunities, and execute market strategies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an opportune podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. I always love getting to be behind the mic with the opportune team as we discuss major technologies, trends, timely news, and critical strategies that are shaping the larger oil and gas and energy sectors. So as we dig into today's topic, which is a very timely one and everyone is feeling in different ways, I want to make sure that you are getting all of the content you need to be fully caught up on our previous discussions and uh, to make sure that you can get some supplemental information on our talking points today. So make sure that you're heading to our website, opportune.com. Again, that's opportune.com. On there, you'll find more information uh, about our solutions and services. You'll find research, white papers, blogs, videos, and of course, more episodes of E2B. You can also subscribe to E2B on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll have a full catalog of previous conversations as well as notifications when we drop new episodes of the show. So, folks, today we're going to be breaking down some timely updates to rising diesel prices. It's hard to uh, avoid this topic. It's very present in uh, basically everyone's day-to-day life, right? Record high prices for unleaded gasoline are having domino effects for consumers, not only at the pump, but also in raising the cost of production and industry across the board, which is then reflected in the price of their goods and services. Uh, On the producer side, right, agriculture, mining, heavy industry, logistics, they're all facing this same price increase uh, as producer side inflation. And so what we wanted to do is just get a quick pulse check on where prices are at right now, to what effect this is influencing some of the uh, you know B2B partner relations and uh, industrial flow of uh, oil and gas, of course, of, of diesel, uh, and then also get some strategy both for consumers and producers for maneuvering these challenges. Uh, and again, we wanted to pose the question, what are some of the learning lessons that we need to keep in mind as this plays out? And also, what are some strategies industry professionals can put to work to insulate against some of the most costly effects of rising diesel prices? So here to weigh in and to give us some perspective is one of Opportune's newest managers, Mr. Michael Wolfarth. He's manager in the Business Intelligence and Analytics Division for the P&T Group at Opportune. Michael, great to have you on, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you again for joining us. Before we jump in, let's get a little bit of info on your background, right? Can you um, chime in for us and give us an elevator pitch on uh, some of your industry experience, what touch points you've had with the, um, you know, with the unleaded gas market, uh, or even more generally, the energy sector and how it influences your perspective today? Sure. Well, from where I am today to how I got here, it's a it's a weird path. Uh, I started my career in the in the U.S. Coast Guard, but after that, uh, spent about five or so years in the sea store space. Um, most of that as a fuel county manager, so 
500 plus or so C stores uh, managing inventory, including diesel, uh, over about a five year span. And then most recently spent about seven years at Amerigas Propane. Started off in, in more of the accounting group. I've uh, got a finance background, but really got turned on to the, the analytics. You know, you know, I love analyzing data. I like taking it and visualizing it to show people, you know, you may have a complex set of data, but we can really show it in a way that you understand. It started off in finance and, and moved towards the, the analytics space at Amerigas. And while doing that, also uh, hedged diesel for about three years, uh, along with propane. Got some experience with diesel and then uh, was the ETRM lead for a project in Amerigas before coming over to Opportune and been here about two months now. Well, you joined uh, right at a a critical point for the industry. Um, I'm sure it's been rather tumultuous as you know you enter right as prices uh, hit record highs for consumers and producers, and you know we see the compounding effects of that. Uh, just you know, to continue on your background here a little bit, or just kind of how your work has been impacted. What's it been like entering opportune and this side of the industry in the middle of this oil and gas crisis, basically? Well, I'm new to it. Been, like I said, for about two months now. So far, I, I love it. You know, I get to do what I really, really am passionate about. And the first thing I thought of when you know I walked through the door was we we need to build out some some infographic type information and. Diesel is the first thing that I want to do just because of exactly what you said. You know, it's hitting, you know, peak. It, it's just crazy to see, you know, what's been happening over the past few months. And it's really interesting. And again, you know, may, people may not understand what's happening, but if you can take that data and, and show it in a way where, you know, they can understand a little bit better, I'd have to say most people, you know, obviously probably know what's happening, but um, in the depths of, you know, maybe some of the details they don't understand or, you know, just even how is diesel calculated. So those types of things I love to do. And this is the, this is a great one to start with. All right, Michael. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, I want to start by laying out a little more context that I think our audience will find useful. Uh, but again, we're talking about this sticker shock of fuel prices and uh, the sticker shock of specifically diesel prices uh, has put American consumers on the edge in the last several months as not only the Russia-Ukraine war rages on with a uh, few signs of stopping, uh, but we also see record high inflation uh, domestically and an energy industry that's experiencing some outsized supply and demand imbalances that were exacerbated by the pandemic, but have continued, uh, you know, as geopolitical unrest continues, as supply chain disruptions, you know, there's a, there, it seems like there's a new one every day. Uh, all of this compounds and manifests this imbalance in new, unpredictable ways. And according to media reports, the diesel market is facing its worst crisis since the 1970s. And we're seeing nationwide diesel fuel prices surge over 70% in the past year. Uh, they're reaching nearly $6 a gallon on average. So first question for you, Michael, on the subject is, can you break down the broader implications of high diesel prices for us? I just kind of give us that executive summary of what this means, and then we'll start to get more granular. So the one thing I'll, I'll start off by saying is when you go to the gas station and you fill up your car. Uh, most people don't realize the difference between the price of diesel and the difference uh, between the price of diesel and a price of uh, regular unleaded gasoline. 
you know, most people probably don't even pay attention to the cost of regular gasoline. I'm sure more people are nowadays, but most people are worried about gas prices, but diesel is driving more inflation than you think. Right. There are broader implications of diesel. Uh, fuel prices have crept higher and higher over this year. Uh, it seems like it, there's not an end in sight, but it, it's typically become a finger pointing contest with, you know, no winner. Um, everybody's blaming everybody else. Normal Americans are, aren't really relying on diesel uh, to drive. Uh, so obviously it's commonly used by the truck drivers and, and farming vehicles, but the sky high diesel prices uh, could not only aggravate an inflation problem, which is already hurting the U.S. and its consumers, it could have dire implementations for the U.S. infrastructure and, and quite frankly, the fate of the global supply chain. Inflation is running close to 9% higher than last year. And diesel costs staying high might make prices stay higher even longer with no end in sight. Uh, when you think about the global economy, you know, farmers are spending more to keep tractors and combines running. Shipping and trucking, trucking companies are passing higher costs to retailers, which, you know, ultimately begins to pass to shoppers. Local governments are paying hundreds and thousands of dollars to fill up a school bus. Construction costs could rise too. Car owners in the United States have been shocked by gas prices of more than $4 a gallon, but there's even a bigger increase and the price of diesel, which plays a critical role in the global economy because it powers so many kinds of vehicles and equipment. Uh, you know, the sharp jump is putting immense pressure on trucking firms, uh, especially the smaller ones that are already suffering from the driver shortages, scarce spare parts. Uh, many pass increased fuel costs on their customers only a few weeks at or months. So eventually customers will feel the effect on higher prices in all manner of goods. While it's hard to quantify, inflation will be the most visible for big ticket items like uh, automobiles or home appliances. Could you explain the why for us for the price increase? Because I think that is often the biggest question. It's just like, why are we dealing with this? Why has it gotten to the point that it has? And I mean, I know we can point to inflation in general, geopolitical unrest, supply chain disruption, but is there a clearer why and why is there a price premium placed on diesel? And does it have anything to do with its higher energy density compared to gasoline? Or is it mostly an increase in price because of some of those macro trends that we've broke down? Obviously, if you follow the market, you know, everything follows pretty closely. So if you look at gasoline and diesel prices, the trend lines are, are pretty much the same, obviously, on a, on a little bit different scale. For most part, Diesel has been a more expensive fuel option than gasoline in recent years, and mainly that's due to, to high federal and high state taxes. So federal taxes on diesel is about 25 cents a gallon compared to about 19 cents or so uh, per gallon of gasoline. So some states tack on as much as 75 cents per gallon on the state side of the tax, uh, and the demand for diesel is also very different from gasoline. So when the economy is growing, the demand for diesel drastically increases. Uh, this is because large delivery trucks, machinery, and generate—excuse gener me—generators often use diesel. And diesel prices are also experience fluctuations due to, to heating needs at home. The creation of fuel oil and diesel requires similar components, uh, increasing demand and prices during winter months. And I always find it's important to learn from, you know, history <laughs> to inform kind of how we act now in response to 
these record high prices. So if we look back on, you know, even just to the 1970s when we saw a, a similarly globally consequential shock to oil prices, what are some of the historical events that have influenced diesel prices in the past? And what can we learn from those events to kind of inform our view of the crisis today? So it's always interesting to go back and, and look at history to see, you know, why things have happened the way that they have. So when I was putting the the graphic together, uh, I had a just simply a, a line chart that would show the ups and downs of the diesel market. Um, but then really looking at what influenced that, uh, it's very interesting. So if you go back to the 90s, a price of a barrel of crude oil is about 25 bucks a gallon, or I'm sorry, 25 bucks a barrel. In 2003, that price rose above 40 um, and peaking at about 147 a barrel July of 2008. Some of the reasons uh, for the spikes, we'll, we'll break a few down. One, 2008, um, spike in oil prices in July of 2008 came at the tail end of a decade-long energy crisis. The surge in demand from developing economy, stagnant production, Financial speculation and the tension in the Middle East caused oil and gas prices to steadily climb over into 2000s. 2010, 2012-ish, the Arab Spring resulted in higher gasoline prices for one specific reason. It almost all of Libya's 1.6 million barrels per day of supply off the market. Prices dropped drastically in March and April of 2020. Uh, the combination of falling demand rising supply and diminishing storage caused such a pronounced crude petroleum plunge that on April 20th, crude petroleum traded at negative price in the interday their futures market as a direct impact to COVID-19. And then most recently, uh, it's all over the news, but the Putin, when Putin invaded Ukraine, uh, the West introduced financial sanctions that made it difficult to clear Russian oil transactions through Western banks. Uh, Russian oil normally accounts for about 10% of global oil supply. Uh, it is still being traded, but not to the same degree. So there is a gap in supply. So there's just a few items over, you know, the course of the 2000s that, you know, really had an impact on, on diesel prices. So you kind of mentioned this already in some of your earlier answers, but I want to just offer an opportunity to get more specific. Uh, how do you see high diesel prices impacting uh, various industries that rely heavily on diesel fuel to uh, you know, power their productive output, their operations, right? I'm talking things like trucking, agriculture, construction, other types of heavy industry. Break down uh, some of the impacts that you're seeing and uh, some of the ripple effects that said impacts are having. Well, besides spending money on electric vehicles and renewable energy, uh, there are some tips that can maximize your miles. Uh, while small, you could uh, inflate your tires properly, find the lowest gas prices, drive the speed limit, reduce your load, and maintain your vehicles frequently. On the agricultural side, high diesel prices and low supplies are weighing on farmers. Uh, so for example, even if a wheat grower was to reduce how much fertilizer they're buying this year because of the costs, or reduce other crop protection tools because of the cost, they still have to plant their crop, which requires diesel. Uh, to harvest their crops requires diesel, and they still have to haul their grain to an elevator, which again requires diesel. 
So this is one of the costs you cannot cut back on. Uh, The rise in diesel costs had not near the impact as the surge in fertilizer costs, but both are linked to oil. It doesn't take much to really cause a problem in the fuel supply, like if one refinery goes down. Uh, On the consumer side, you know, I spent probably most of COVID uh, not doing, you know, anything athletic or or no exercising where, you know, I had all that free time and I should have. You know, one thing that we can do to, to help the consumers is to walk and bike more. Again, going electric, even if it's a scooter, uh, using public transportation, uh, filling up more often, but buying less gas. And one thing that I'm really guilty of is taking fewer shopping trips. So basically scheduling all your errands at once. So, you know, I, I will go out, grab something, come back and then realize, oh, let me go grab something else. So making sure you plan that a little bit better. So when you're taking one trip, you're, you're hitting all your errands in one trip. Taking advantage of, advantage of free gas promotions. So those are happening too. Random gas giveaways have been popping up all around the country. Churches, nonprofits, radio stations, local politicians launching some short-lived free gas promotions in places like Philly, Chicago, Houston. Recently, the city of Chicago have been spending free gas cards and public uh, trans- transit cards to eligible residents. I did also hear an interesting story a few weeks back, and there was a question that was posed. Somebody asked, I wish my paycheck would rise like the gas prices. And, and, and this, this guy advised uh, this person that it can just buy shares of an oil company. And I never really thought about it until I, until I actually read this. So he said, well, let's look at some numbers. Over the past six months, the average retail price of gas has risen from We'll call it two dollars a gallon to four fifty a gallon. Um, the average family uses about a thousand to twelve hundred gallons of gasoline per year. That means the annualized fuel costs have risen about almost close to three thousand dollars for the average family in about six months. So obviously, you know that's a significant amount of money for for most of us. It consumes uh, discretionary income and at the same time enriches the oils companies. But let's say six months ago, we wanted to hedge against the risk and bought some shares at Chevron. So at the time, Chevron shares are trading about $115. Today, they're about 53% higher at close to $180. Each share of Chevron appreciated by $62, which meant if you own 44 shares, the gain over the past six months would equal the increase in this year's fuel costs. So those shares would have paid you $125 in dividends during that time, enough for a couple tanks of gas. So obviously those those are caveats, but you know it, it's interesting to see other people's perspective of of what you can do. There there's many things that you can do, um, you know, and it's tough, especially if you're used to living a life the way you have over the past ten years, and all of a sudden that's being affected by you go into a pump and you're paying you know at least double triple what you're paying before, um, and that that even goes as far as travel, uh, airline tickets are higher. You know, the the COVID-19 uh, thing is kind of dying down here and people are starting to, to get out more and feel comfortable traveling and they're being hit with uh, massive surges at the pump and then also airlines are, are you know, spiking due to, to that as well. So, you know, definitely not a great time for anybody if you're, if you're looking to, to travel, but um, there are some things that we as consumers can do just to maybe give a little bit of relief. Well, now let's loop 
that context back into more of the B2B relationships, dynamics, partnerships, and, and the strategic angle there as you know, naturally the producer side of uh, maneuvering higher diesel prices is essential. You know, naturally, our audience should already know this. I, I hope they do. Um, but if they don't, right, Opportune is an energy um, business advisory and consultative partner that works with various clients across the energy sector to um, come up with strategic solutions for everything from process and technology to enterprise risk to financial reporting, investment banking, uh, geosciences, right? Um, valuation, restructuring, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, just about everything under the sun, Opportune has some knowledge base for it. So I'm curious then how this rise in diesel prices is impacting some of the work that you specifically and that Opportune at large does to advise and guide your clients, right? What are some of the critical issues you're seeing them have? And again, how is that influencing some of the strategy uh, and advice that Opportune is passing down? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. In my space directly, uh, I'm looking to a few different things. One is most companies, you know, while they have data, they're not using it pretty much to the capability that they should. There's a lot of data out there. And, you know, I, I've seen in the past where we have multiple spreadsheets and we're relying on those. And, you know, by the time you get that information, you're looking in the rearview mirror and you really need to be looking out of the windshield. So some of the things that we're trying to do is using business intelligence and analytics to guide companies to make better business decisions. and you know, there's there's a lot of pieces to that. We can build some pretty uh, crazy dashboards and, and reporting that will give you real time information, uh, so your company can look out of the windshield and not in the rearview mirror. The technology today that is out there is amazing, and you know, like I mentioned before, I really like to take the data and I like to spin it in a way that it's, you know, if you're looking at it you can understand very quickly what's happening versus getting some data, maybe some bars and charts that, you know, bar charts and some graphs that you have no clue what you're looking at. So, you know, while diesel is one topic, I think there's, there's so much out there that uh, has potential for, for this type of work. Diesel is just one thing, you know, obviously it's a, it's a hot topic right now. I just did another one around lumber prices in the housing market. So the data is out there. A lot of companies just don't realize how easy it is to get in a format where, you know, upper management can, can look at something instead of, hey, we were requesting a report is going to take a week to get it to you. This stuff's real time and uh, it, it looks very nice, too. And it does it does the trick. There's also another le level to it, which is predictive modeling. So, you know, you want to get your company out in front of these things. Um, whether it be rising diesel costs to hedge against, uh, there's multiple things that, that you could do with some of this analytical stuff. And, you know, it's becoming bigger and bigger uh, as time goes on. Everybody loves data and it's a great space to work in right now. Well, then let's wrap on some strategic advice here then. What would you advise that your clients do in the short term to try to blunt some of the high cost of diesel fuel on their operations, uh, on on their um, business models, 
on some of their future uh, financial projects or investment projects, maybe even mergers and acquisitions. I mean, there's so much that's going to be dictated by uh, these prices. I'm curious what you think is most actionable in the short term for them to do to get a better grip of the situation. So like I mentioned earlier, there are a few things that you can do to save a little bit of money uh, on the diesel side. Uh, I I read a story where I think UPS's, their trucks are optimized to run routes that they're only turning one direction uh, to maximize fuel efficiency. One thing that comes to mind, you know, firsthand is if you're in a trucking business, then, you know, the shortest routes, I, I did also read where truck drivers are asked to not idle their engine as much um, just to save fuel. So there are there are a few things to, to do. Um, hopefully we get a relief uh, in the short term and the prices start to go down and that affects, you know, the consumers. And as you go to the grocery store right now, you're, you're feeling it. So I think everybody's ready for a, a well-needed break in, in the diesel prices. And last but not least, Mike, what about your strategies, right? You kind of mentioned them already, but uh, what do you plan to do tomorrow to <laughs> save yourself a few dollars here and there as much as it's getting rather hard to do so uh, with the, uh, the way these prices just keep on rising? Yeah, it, you know, I, I think back to the heart of COVID and, and you would take your car out and you would see nobody on the roads. Literally. Uh, <laughs> there would be nobody on the roads. And that was actually scary, to be honest. And now more companies are, are opening up their doors to come back into the office. I think there's a little bit of, of resistance to do that uh, just because people got, have gotten so comfortable from working from home uh, over the past couple of years. Um, but for me, you know, luckily I, I do work from home a, a majority of the time. So that's a gas saver. Uh, my wife does not, and she has a huge SUV. So um, I think we're, you know, we're offsetting the, the cost there, but to be honest with you, I really haven't let it affect my life. You know, I continue to do the things that I was doing while, it, you know, it may hurt me a little bit more financially. It's tough to really tell your kids that, hey, we can't go on vacation this year or we can't do certain things because gas prices gotten, have gotten higher. Um, so I have just on living my life and, and, and going on with it. And um, hopefully there is a relief in the near future, but um, I will continue to, to do the things I was doing. Um, unless airline tickets are just get just absolutely crazy, then I'll uh, start to drive probably more places. But um, yeah, it, it's for me, life will go on and uh, I'll keep doing the things that I, I've continued to, to do. Yeah, I'm going to be using a lot of the same strategy myself, adjusting expectations and um you know, realizing that a lot of maneuvering this is kind of out of the hands of the individual uh, and in a lot of ways is going to take more concerted effort from uh, industry organizations, from legislators, from, you know, geopolitical bodies to help bring down this price. So in the meantime, uh, and especially for our audience of industry professionals, uh, you know, do what you can to keep an ear to the ground on updates to a lot of these macro trends that are influencing diesel prices and start to factor in, you know, what needs to be adjusted to maintain these long-term costs because there's a good chance that costs don't come back down for a while. So how then should we operate under this new reality? And I think that's the main question folks should be asking themselves and using to guide some of their future financial and operational strategies. 
So with that, Michael, I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Again, folks, we've been chatting with Michael Wolfarth. He's manager for the Business Intelligence and Analytics Division for the PNT Group at Opportune. Michael, if folks want to pick your brain a little bit more on this, if they want to get in touch, or they just want to learn more about uh, some of your division's work at Opportune, how can they get in touch and how can they learn more? Sure. The the link that's attached to this has my contact information on. So whether it be a, an email or a phone call, feel free to reach out at any time. Um, I'm more willing to, to take any calls or emails. Fantastic. Michael, thank you again for your time. It's been great. And I'm looking forward to our next episode. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate that. Stay safe out there and uh, hope uh, hope your costs come down soon. <laughs> Thanks to you as, as well. Uh, as I hope mine do as well, right? <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of E2B, Energy to Business, an opportune podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want some previous episodes or you want to make sure you don't miss out on future updates to the most timely and topical topics that affect the larger energy industry. Make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and head to our website, opportune.com for more content, information, and more touch points on our solutions and services. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of E2B. E2B.